The community garden will be located to the south of the sports training facility and it will also act as a buffer for the elementary school that's located to the east of our site. Thank you. Um, onto the northern portion of our site, we have the sports training facility, which encompasses a total of 9.5 acres, um, including eight soccer fields. Um, within our two-week working period, we were presented with a possible partnership with the Sacramento Republic Soccer Club. And in this partnership, it was made clear six fields would be um, designated for the team, as well as uh, two additional fields exclusively for the public. However, these six fields are not exclusively private as a community pact can be made um, with the team with these terms. The purpose uh, for this partnership essentially was for the keystone development for economic growth, uh, as well as youth sports programming and engagement, um, while also to ensure the project's feasibility. Onto the Southern portion of our site on the complete opposite side, we have the residential land uses. Um, this includes three density types, ranging from low to high, as well as residential mixed use, low being two stories, medium three, high density residential containing four, and mixed use two. Um, our uh, pro proje projected um, units would be 954 across 26 acres. Um, we also wanted to um, acknowledge the community's need for affordable housing. So we set aside a percentage um, for this. Um, within low density, we would contain 5% for permanent supportive housing. Medium density would contain 25% for senior housing, as well as 25% for very low income housing. Within high density as well, 25% would be reserved for very low income housing. Um, not to mention, uh, to tie back into our intentional land use planning, um, based on the notes given to us from the listening session, uh, this project is a blend of those community values. Although we have worked within a two-week time frame, uh, we created our best fit solution for addressing accessibility to amenities and housing. The land uses are essentially intentionally placed based on the guidance and expertise of our planning staff and city officials. In addition to housing and the Sacramento Republic Training Facility, the proposed project will provide ample green space spread throughout the consumers' village as both the Meadowview and the Detroit neighborhoods have been historically disinvested, lacking equitable access to green space. Um, green space and parks will comprise of a splash park, dog park, picnic tables, additional playgrounds, and soccer fields for the community to enjoy. And on the next slide, we'll see that the Consumnus Village will also include a two-story multi-use indoor facility, which will comprise of 1.8 acres. Um, the multi-use um, indoor facility is envisioned to host a variety of sports, including soccer, volleyball, as well as provide um, additional space for educational activities and community programming. And in the development of this project proposal, our team conducted a site visit of the 102 acre site and drafted a preliminary environmental constraints analysis utilizing the CEQA guidelines, Appendix G, environmental tech checklist to inform the city of Sacramento. Um, our analysis focused on aesthetics, air quality, biological resources, 
GHG noise and transportation. And after conducting the initial study, we determined that there were no extreme limitations in the context of CEQA. However, additional studies will be needed to further evaluate significant impacts, which will be expanded on in the environmental impact report. And next, Pema will further discuss how our plan and our vision will complement our understanding of the community's needs. Thank you, Myra. Um, so to understand our vision, we must first understand the vision of the community we are serving. And the community asks for resilience, sustainability, civic amenities, affordable housing, health and wellness that promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion for all their residents. And our vision was crafted directly from those core values given from the community outreach and through community interviews. With this project site, we aim to create and maintain a sense of belonging, safety, inclusivity for current and future residents. The plan also aspires to establish equitable access to civic amenities, incorporate sustainability on-site, and provide economic opportunities for all the surrounding communities as well. Um, throughout this project, our team has continually made efforts to center community needs and to promote equity and sustainability. Our land use proposal provides all the necessities highlighted by the community input. And not only is this a stepping stone to building a governmental relationship, but also an opportunity to provide hope to an often overlooked demographic. Uh, the community was told to dream big and our side proposal can make those dreams a reality. And with this, we have come to the end of our presentation. Um, if you guys have any, any questions, feel free to ask them. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the presentation, everyone. Um, I uh, first, just before we take a pause, I wanted to say that was an excellent presentation and great job. Um, I know we were having some technical difficulties um, uh, on, in terms of online streaming access. So I just wanted to uh, take a quick pause and ensure uh, Madam Clerk that we are up and running or if we need another minute. Hi, Chair. Thank you so much. It looks like our live stream is back up and running, so we can go ahead and continue if you if you feel like it. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, so at this point, um, I'll go move into commissioner questions. I have Commissioner Chase. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I understand that the main access to the site, by the way, well, well done. That's an incredible two-week effort, I have to say. Um, the, I understand the main access is from the south. I'm curious on, on one of the site plans that was showing connection uh, to the east and to the west. And I was wondering if you could perhaps go back and explain where those connected into either the neighborhoods or other areas. Yeah, sure. Um, Pamela, would you mind sharing screen again and go to the site plan? Um, so is your question asking where are the our, per, per, our conceptual site plans main access points? Yes, I, I understand the main access point, as mm -hmm. was discussed, is from the south, and that certainly makes sense. The, the, right there, there are two others. The From the center circle, uh, there's an implied access or connection to beyond the site, and those two, I was wondering what those, that access and the uh, one on the other side would connect to. Yeah, so unfortunately, those are, as of right now, dead ends. Um, that was one of the major constraints with this. It's landlocked. Um, so our main access point was the only feasible one and one that we could work with. Um, so we did try to plan for some other connections 
through the surrounding projects. Um, but we were very limited um, in that area. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. Hey, I have uh, Vice Chair Hernandez. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, first, I just wanna say congratulations to the interns. This is our inaugural cohort and you guys have done a fantastic job. The presentation was very clear. Um, it was very engaging and exciting. So congratulations and thank you. I have um, two questions. My first one is on the community garden. Um, uh, it, it looks like a really big garden and that's very exciting. I understand that this area is a food desert and curious um, if someone could speak a little bit more to the concepts behind it in terms of, um, from my vantage point, I can't tell exactly, but um, you know, is will there be like shading provided, like seating? Um, I see, I can't tell too closely, there's like a teaching area, but wondering if um, there was any thoughts or um, discussions around maybe having some kind of community kitchen, um, sort of building the bridge between what we wanna teach the community and provide to the community in terms of fresh um, food, as well as that creating community in a sense of space in terms of like teaching kids how to cook or cutting vegetables. And if that was something that might be feasible. That's my first question on the, on the um, community garden. Yeah, I think I can answer um, a little bit to that. We did have a discussion on the community garden. We didn't go too much into detail when it came to planning it um, because there's a, as I mentioned, there was an elementary school right next to the community garden, which I believe has its own community garden as, as well. Um, so we were hoping that somehow it can be expanded into our community garden. Um, but we did have a discussion around maybe having a partnership with the elementary school and providing classes for the children because we know that when children are engaged with growing food, they're more open to eating it and that can help um, having a, a better diet. Um, and we also had an idea of probably connecting that to the multicultural center and growing food for the different kinds of cultures of the community surrounding the site. Um, that's as far really that we've got to discussing that. I don't know if anyone wants to chime in, maybe I'm forgetting some of the discussion we had around that, but classes and community engagement when it came to the community garden was definitely something that we had in mind when we envisioned it. I don't see anyone else um, chiming in, Vanessa. That was very helpful and really great feedback. Thank you. Um, and then my second question is generally for, for any of the interns. Um, you know, this was the first time doing this program. I know for, for myself, just very excited to have this partnership, this new partnership, and would just welcome your thoughts on general, uh, generally overall how your experience went, um, what you what you liked about it, and if you're comfortable um, sharing any ideas and you know, suggestions you might have for future um, for future programs and uh, cohorts. Uh, I'd just like to say that just tying it back to the community garden, um, we all came to Sacramento and I was like, okay, I'll be in a hotel for two weeks. All right, maybe I can go to like a grocery store and like get some fruit, some snacks besides like having takeout all the time. And then I realized like there were no grocery stores anywhere and 
that really influenced my um, push to have a huge community garden. And like Vanessa said, we didn't really plan on like what specifically would be there, but we knew that it needed to be there. It needed to be big enough to accommodate these areas that have been lacking for so long. So that's my little two cents for right now. That's great, thank you. Any others that would like to share their experience? Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, um, I would just like to say um, it was a very great opportunity. Um, I would like to thank the firms in the city and all of our partnerships um, with the council and my bank um, that gave us the opportunity to really um, come up with this conceptual site plan on our own. And we had the flexibility and creativity um, with our own um, knowledge and skills to really come up with this idea. And um, I really admired everyone that came and helped us um, and really, really take control and kind of came here and do what we came to do. And it was, it was a great experience overall, I think. Thank you. Um, to also speak on our experience, I personally had a really great time in Sacramento. Um, it was really impressive to see like how as a team, um, we were just able to come together on the first day and put all our minds and expertise to it to the best of our abilities. And I really thank everyone from like the respective firms that like provided the help and guidance during that time and made every day very organized, very intentional, and also like all the people that we were able to work with. Um, I think it's been a positive experience overall and we give um, we thank you for the opportunity also to present to you all and even consider our ideas um, to this extent. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Well, it looks like that was it. Thank you all for sharing. And again, um, we wish you all the best and thank you for, for your presentation. I'll move on to uh, Commissioner Young. Yeah, uh, thank you for the presentation. I, it took me back to my days as a planning student as well. And so it was kind of neat to see just young, bright, and, and just innovative uh, young, young folks, right, uh, who are bringing in great ideas to communities. Um, and so uh, really, really impressed and encouraged by uh, just the passion that you guys are bringing to, to this. So um, I, I, I just had a couple of questions on the areas of housing and as well as the sports facilities. I was looking at the graphic. It looked like, again, you can correct me on the numbers. It looked like about 75% of the units were dedicated towards some form of affordable housing. And I think 25% of the units were market rate uh, with an emphasis on senior housing. Is that is that, am I reading that correctly? So to go more into a breakdown of how yeah. we did that. So we did, yeah. So within the total units within low density, 5% um, would be reserved for permanent supportive housing. And then within medium, um, however number of the units within medium, 25 for that and so forth. Okay, so I clear. see. Yeah. So, so 75% really is dedicated towards some form of market rate housing and then the 25% as a whole is, yes. is, okay, got it. And so there's a combination of some 
low density, single family. Okay, okay, no, that, that's, that's great. Was there any sort of uh, conversations with SHRA or anything like that as far as figuring out some sort of dedicated sources of government funding to kind of help facilitate that type of uh, product? Now, we haven't really gone in depth in that, but um, there was mention of some sort of density bonus um, to help with this, yeah. Okay. Um, on the sports side, um, I know that it, it seemed like the Sacramento Republic had a, a big influence in terms of kind of the overall design of, of the, the sports space. And then I noticed there was one baseball field there. Um, what was kind of the thought because on, on sort of the other, the other sports? Um, because I'm, you know, my, my daughter plays softball. And so, so I was like, well, if there's a baseball field, there has to be a softball field there for the girls as well. So uh, just sort of interested in, in kind of what, what your thought process was on, on the other kind of sports, outdoor sports uh, facilities. Yeah, so we really want all, all of these fields, as you can see on the screen right here, to really be like multi-use sports fields. So they have multi, multiple purposes. Um, we didn't get really much into great detail, but um, there's lots of opportunities to go further into that. Um, so all so all sports are included and nothing's overlooked. Um, that was one of the concerns, you know, soccer is not like the main focus is just like soccer, soccer. There's other sports too. And um, yeah. Okay, I have Commissioner Wong Connolly. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, this is a, a really great work. And I have a, a quick question. I noticed that uh, you emphasized uh, um, the pedestrian for central, uh, centralized uh, the, the pedestrian focused design. You have a, a lot of uh, uh, bike activity and uh, um, community garden and, you know, uh, um, I wonder that uh, how do you balance uh, with the current neighborhood character that is very, very car dependent? Um, so can you talk about your design philosophy and how, uh, how do you reconcile the, the vision to the future and what you are dealing with now? Yeah, I can speak on that. Um, in our preliminary discussions, as we mentioned, we only got to interview a few community members, but something that was common along all those interviews was the community's desire for more health and wellness kind of oriented activities. So we took that into consideration during our design process. And we also heard that Sacramento is pretty car dependent. Um, so we're not negating cars and we definitely talked a little bit about parking and what that would look like for community members and potential residents um, but again I think we wanted to kind of build infrastructure to prioritize active transportation that would be in line with um, the general plan and kind of the goals that the city is trying to achieve um, and with the existing light rail station that was a catalyst for us as well to kind of see how we could connect with the developments that are um, set for other areas surrounding the site that are also prioritizing walking, rolling, um, or active transportation and how we could kind of correspond with those. Um, so we definitely are mindful that the community is pretty car dependent, but also thinking of ways that we can hopefully make this space um, safe for pedestrians and other people on bikes and other active modes of transportation. So that is uh, based on the input from the community that they prioritize the walking, the community cohesiveness uh, over the parking spot. 
Yes, with the caveat that we only had, you know, two interviews with community members, we haven't been able to see um, the exact community feedback from a more holistic perspective. So obviously that could change. Um, but with that in mind, and again, trying to be in line with the general plan and other, other goals, um, that's what we kept in mind as we designed. Thank you very much. Okay, I have uh, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, just making sure I was having issues earlier too with my uh, microphone and mute. Everybody can hear me? Clear, thank you. Loud, loud thank and you. clear, yep. Maybe it's just, okay, I'll push back away. <laughs> um, thank you folks, uh, I almost said youngsters. Um, thank you folks for the uh, presentation and uh, the work that you put in. And uh, a couple of my questions were asked by the uh, uh, prior commissioners, but I do have follow-up on uh, some of the uh, questions they did ask. Um, so I'll, I'll be able to speed through is basically what I'm saying, which might be a first. But anyway, um, Commissioner Chase had asked in, uh, in regards to access, and I believe the answer was there is only a southern entrance access point but so my question is the area is landlocked so how do you have a southern access in a landlocked area i can answer that question for you so um there is a project going on on the southern end right there um on the map i don't know if they can pull it up i forgot what it was called I think stone beetland and something else um I think it is, I'm not sure, 100%, it's approved project. So they have a road right there connect that would connect down to Consumers College Boulevard. Um, and that would be our C right there. Um, you can see on the screen right here, it's the yellow. And mm -hmm. to the okay. left, there's green and there's a road. So we would... Um, connect through there. Gotcha. Now, since uh, the Stone Beetland project starts uh, just underneath the uh, Detroit neighborhood, which is the uh, parallel neighborhood on the eastern border of the 102 acres. And with that said, were you guys given any information as an access point also being able uh, to come in from the east off of Detroit Boulevard, once again, the same uh, Stone Beetland development comes uh, into fruition. Yeah, we did talk a little bit about that, but um, it wasn't 100% that that would be possible. Um, and we were told there would be a lot of possible pushback in the community, um, opening that up and creating some sort of traffic and flow. So it wasn't um, uh, an option really that we really talked about. Um, it was more feasible to go with um, the one on the Southern end than um, punching out some other access points. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Um, I, I was just curious and, and to your statement of uh, causing excess of traffic going up Detroit Boulevard, it is a smaller street in a very tiny neighborhood. Um, 
two things on that. Hopefully, somebody will be able to punch through uh, a secondary access so there's an, a one way in and one way out because as it stands, there is zero access for the actual MetaView neighborhood to enjoy the amenities that may come forward. So uh, not your responsibility, of course, but as it is, again, it is a landlocked area and there is actually zero opportunity at this point, um, even 24th Street where they've extended slightly dead ends because it's again, another owner. But I was just curious more uh, so on the uh, Detroit side, but thank you for that answer. Um, and Commissioner Jung had asked my question in regards to how much of the housing is actually going to be uh, allocated to affordable, uh, affordable meaning affordable to those uh, in the um, low income uh, group. And I believe the answer was just 25, excuse me, just 25% while 75% will be at market or above market rate. I, that's correct. <clears throat> excuse me, my air, uh, allergies are starting to kick in a little bit. So did, did I answer correctly? Yes. 75% will be market rate and or above market? Yes. Okay, thank you. I just, I wrote it down. I just wanted to make sure. And uh, you answered, or in your presentation, you stated that the, I lost count. I think there's eight fields that are being committed to the SAC Republic training facility and then two dedicated for general public use, correct? But at the same time, uh, agreements aren't in stone at this point. I mean, you know, well, we're, we're well ahead of the cart before the horse here, but uh, any, there's opportunity to figure out a real um, equitably equal usage of that many fields. I'm no soccer player, so I can understand why would one team need eight soccer fields to practice on? I mean, what is that like? One field for every two guys on the team. Again, I'm not a soccer player, so I don't know. But um, uh, Commissioner Yoon had also pointed out one baseball diamond. And uh, as um, with Commissioner Yoon, uh, we need a few more baseball diamonds. Uh, again, you know, fantastic um, uh, development that you guys have done. Most of you aren't from the area. Sacramento is known for baseball than any other sport uh, since its inception way back in the early 1900s when a huge, not huge stadium, but when the baseball diamond was actually there at third and Broadway. I may look at, but no, I wasn't that old. I mean, I wasn't here then, but um, uh, it just, we have uh, a, a, a long list of major league baseball players, uh, all-stars, golden gloves, and specifically out of the MetaView community, there is a very long list of professional ball players that came out of uh, John Steele Junior High School, which is the uh, junior high school closest there at the 24th Street, right next to uh, Meadowview Park uh, on, in John Steele Drive. But I was just curious on why only one baseball diamond and at least not a matching softball diamond. Both softball and baseball can be played on the same field. I don't know the distance in uh, the base setup, but I would also like to see a dedicated uh, ball diamond to the... Uh, would have liked to have seen a dedicated ball diamond uh, for softball um, as well and just say eliminate two of those basketball courts if uh, that's what those are next to the baseball diamond. I guess the knock that is one huge uh, basketball court because that's the uh, soccer. But um, in wrapping up, 
um, was the question in regards to the, oh, the community garden with, uh, hey, I'm all in when it comes to food. So I don't think you can mess up with me with a community garden. But the one thing I didn't see is where the selling would take place of the items grown and the storage of those items that aren't sold, you know, daily so that they have to stay up one or two days until they are, you know, sold or uh, um, disposed of. Thank you, Commissioner, for your comments. And um, just to clarify on the soccer fields, um, so Sac Republic had um, in their proposal with this um, clarified they would like six soccer fields designated for their training camps. And then we went ahead and planned for two more. So that's the total of eight. So those two would be exclusively for the public. Um, and in terms of the six fields, obviously, um, I think <laughs> I'm not a soccer player either really, but um, they're not gonna be using these fields 24 seven. So it would only be during these training camps or training sessions. So the majority of the time would be open. Um, and this is where some sort of community pact could be made for the public to use those remaining six fields. Gotcha. Um, and I can and, answer a little in bit. Regards. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. My mistake. Go ahead. Oh, no. I just wanted to answer um, towards the community garden question. Um, we did have conversation of having um, maybe like a composting site uh, there as well. We can definitely um, add more of like how you're seeing an area to store the food that's grown, um, maybe possibly sell it. Since we had the two weeks to come up with everything, we couldn't go too much in detail with every aspect of the plan, but um, that designated 2.26 uh, um, acres for the community garden can hold anything that can, um, that has to do with the community garden. So it can have all that, the storage is selling, composting on that site. It doesn't have to be just all for growing food, but um, that was a really good point that you brought up. And if we are able to take this project forward, that's something that we can keep in mind because those are essential to community gardens. Thank you, I appreciate that. And with, as you said, the 2.6 acres, uh, there is room to play. Um, an area to sell and or uh, store, so forth, so on. Uh, thank you for that. And the last uh, question that I had was in regards to, hold on, let me try to read my own uh, writing. Oh, I, I believe that that is it. Oh, no, no, the, um, um, uh, what'd you call it, the multi-use, building you called it something else uh center now i think i heard two different things is there two different buildings one that's that could be used for at, uh, athletic uh, uh, use and another building that was a wellness center or is it the same building with multiple options to be used um so it will be one building and it's intended to be two stories with a combination of different uses um so for one area we can have indoor sports 
Um, and we also aim to have classrooms where we can have educational activities and community programming for the community come, to come together um, and be involved um, in any activities in that site. Um, but the purpose would be um, multi-use um, with sports and classes and a variety of other community events that we wanna host. Fantastic. Um, um, again, you only had two weeks, but I'm just curious. Inside the use of that building, did you guys uh, conceptualize a uh, performing arts area, i.e. stage, theater, um, how many uh, seats, so forth, so on? Yes, yes, we did envision um, a dance studio and other areas for students or um, any community members to come in and be able to um, have a creative outlet. So we definitely will keep that also in mind as we move forward with the project, but um, there is definitely room to have that um, with the variety of classrooms that we'll have in the, in the facility. Thank you on that for the dance floor, but, and at the same time, just uh, something as a mental note or, you know, scribble down on your notepad, an actual performance stage, um, uh, amphitheater, couldn't think of the word, indoor amphitheater, um, live performance, whether uh, the community or bringing in an artist to perform, uh, think minimum uh, or even maximum, let's say 1,000 seats, it's uh, more doable than a lot of people uh, people think uh, the way you set up a uh, indoor theater. But for community performances of whatever nature, having that full professional size stage and lighting, so forth, so on, uh, it is uh, one, a revenue generator, but prior to that, it is a, a great outlet for those who, whatever their art, uh, uh, to display art on the stage for performances, again, from the professional level to the um, uh, amateur. And once again, the MetaView area and Sacramento has uh, an outstanding list of um, musicians and singers that, well, you guys probably haven't heard of, but uh, Grammy award-winning um, uh, level individuals, both performers, producers uh, in film, television, the music business. Again, you guys aren't so uh, acquainted with Sacramento, but it's, I'm just putting that into your head. One, yes, I do live in the area, so that is why I know uh, some of this. But thank you, appreciate your answers and uh, uh, fantastic that you guys enjoyed yourself. Unfortunately, as uh, one of one of the panelists stated, uh, couldn't she couldn't find a grocery store food outlet? Um, yes, now you know the pain of uh, the MetaView residents. But with that, we'll see what happens going forward. Thank you, guys. Well, well done. Can I mention something uh, really quick on to Commissioner Boyd? Uh, your comment about uh, an outdoor amphitheater. So, I, I don't know if you um familiar with Land Park. I do know that they do have their outdoor amphitheater where they do have performances and we do have a lot of open urban green space in which that could be possible. And I do know, um, oh, that, that, that one's perfect, thank you. On the left-hand side by the soccer field, we do have that open green space also considering an environmental constraint that there might be possible storm basin there, storm stormwater basin. So that might be a possibility of having that open green space and incorporating that with it. And um, referencing Land Park, I do know in their amphitheater, they do even hold the outdoor one, have a middle school, Cal Middle School has their promotion there 
for uh, their eighth graders. So I do know that that's a multi-use and we can even envision something similar like that here where we could use urban green space, green space, which is completely lacking in the Detroit and Metaview neighborhoods. So this urban green space can also be a place for performances and that community enrichment. Thank you, I do appreciate that. Yes, I'm, I'm well familiar with the uh, amphitheater there at Land Park, but um, my vision is something much grander than that uh, true professional setup. So uh, the one at Land Park is great for, you know, like the middle school kids or neighborhood association or whomever wants to make use of it. But uh, again, my vision, not yours, but just something to, to scribble down and a real professional uh, either or or both indoor outdoor amphitheater is, is um, uh, what I was suggesting. But thank you again. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I have Commissioner Koval. Excellent job, folks. Uh, very impressive. You did so much in such a short period of time. Uh, Commissioner Boyd actually handled a couple of my questions about the percentages because earlier, I think you had it reversed that somebody said that it was going to be 75% low income. Uh, so I think he clarified that. And then also to just <clears throat> along with what he was saying about to do all of this, which is so impressive, but to not have access to MetaView would be, that would just be horrible not to have the access. So we got to try to work that in somehow. Um, and then a question I have, you say you've got this multi-use facility. Is there a community center in addition to that multi-use center? Yes. There's also a multicultural center planned. It's uh, 0.23 acres. Um, it's adjacent to the um, indoor sports facility. Um, and this can also be um, some sort of a gathering space, um, some community classrooms or some available rental spaces um, for the community to use. It's really um, open to um, any of the community's needs. And my question to that would be then, did you factor in the fact that there's another large community center just a few blocks away? Did that play into it at all? How did that work into your thought process? Um, I wasn't made aware of that. I can speak on that. Um, we are aware of that community center that is nearby, but as noticed, it is on 24th Street. And if that street does not extend all the way into it, we do have that landlocked area that we are facing but also to have these communities be, have access to another center would be helpful and would be uh, that community enrichment and that community um, ownership that we did talk about earlier about having that sense of that there because the Detroit community does not have it directly in theirs. And then the MetaView, they have, they have that community center right there, but then this would be an addition as well. Okay, thank you for your answers. Good job, folks. Okay, Commissioner Chase. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. <laughs> Again, as I said earlier, um, students, folks, uh, young adults, you've done a tremendous job here. Um, I, you've heard a lot of comments from the commissioners tonight, and I wanna emphasize that the comments are not criticisms in any way. I think these are all hopefully tools that inform a project. Uh, we know that you know for a two week effort, this has been tremendous and it's an excellent starting point. Uh, a project of 102 acres will evolve 
considerably uh, and go through a number of iterations over time. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start with some ideas and some concepts. And you put these out here uh, for everyone to uh, to begin to work with. So uh, again, uh, do not take any of these comments as criticism. They're really kind of learning tools to to help uh, help this move forward. Um, I think it's a tremendous effort. And I and again, I, I think you've done a great job here. It'll be interesting to see how this project eventually uh, does end up, uh, you know, evolving. So thank you again. Uh, thank you for your comments, Commissioner Chase, and I, I will uh, certainly echo those comments. Um, and it's an outstanding job and a great start to, you know, a really large project. Um, so with that, I would like to move on. Um, we, uh, Madam Clerk, do we have any public comments or e-comments on this item? Yes, Chair. We have a public comment from Wang Tran. I will give you the ability to speak right now. Hi, my name is Wang Tran. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Uh, you hear me right now? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you. Um, good evening. Uh, Commissioner, uh, thank you for allowing me to spoke tonight. My name is Wing Tam. I've uh, been carpenter for 10 years. Uh, I've been commuted to uh, Bay Area every single day using three hour working back and forth, um, uh, driving back and forth. I, I did one accident long times ago. So the, the medical bill is so expensive. Um, as, right now I got the um, health care to take care of the bill. So, um, um, uh, the, cause, cause we work, we need the, um, we need the healthcare and, uh, um, and plus if you guys are pushing other, other project for the local hiring, it, it will be helping the, uh, reducing all this, uh, uh, driving time and help the, um, the, um, helping the area without the, um, the pollution too. So um, please, uh, if you have anything uh, going on, please make a local hiring so we can get more time and stay, uh, stay in the area. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Okay, uh, Madam Clerk was was that were those our final comments? Yes, Chair. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, uh, thank you again. I'm, I'm sorry, Commissioner Boyd. Is this a comment? I I would like to move on to the public hearing items. Yes, just a quick note uh, for the for the group, uh, uh, so you guys know the Detroit neighborhood has been funded for a community center also. So. Um, there is one again right next to the 102 acres that is uh, going to be built just an fyi thank you thank you okay we will go ahead um, again thank you uh, for the presentation we'll move into our first public hearing item uh, item number four luther drive delivery only dispensary cup p22-004 uh, commissioners, do I have any disclosures or recusals on this item? 
Okay, I am seeing none. I'll go ahead and move into staff presentation. Can you hear me? I can, thank you. Hi, um, Jeremy Sice-Reed and uh, members of the Planning and Design Commission. I am Robert Williams uh, with the Community Development Department. This is uh, P22004 at 6925 and 6945 Luther Drive. Um, tonight, I'm gonna to talk about the project location, the surrounding zoning and land uses. I'm going to give a description of the project, the standard of review for uh, commission hearings on this project, uh, my community outreach and public notification, and finally the staff recommendation of the project. So this site is on Luther Drive. It's, um, as you can see from the screen there, it's in the middle of that circle. Um, there's um, Florin Road on the far south, a light rail on the west, and uh, Franklin Boulevard on the east, and 99 on the, I'm sorry, Franklin Boulevard on the west, yeah, east, <laughs> and 99 on the far east. Here is um, another view of the site with the surrounding zoning. Um, this is in the M1S zone, and this uh, little sliver of M1S zone is primarily surrounded by county unincorporated land, um, such as the area along Franklin Boulevard, mostly, and the uh, mini storage behind it, and uh, other commercial and uh, vacant buildings. And down to the south, there is M1S zoning with uh, commercial industrial properties. And also to the southwest, there is the RMX zone with a manufactured home um, uh, facility. Here is the building. It was built, I believe, in about 1978. It's just a 9,000-square-foot uh, industrial building with the landscape setback. Now on to the project description. Uh, the applicant is requesting a conditional use permit for a delivery only dispensary. That is the new request. Um, he's doing it in a site that has been previously approved for cannabis production, including manufacturing and distribution. So we're modifying the previous approval to allow 1200 square feet of delivery only dispensary into that previously approved area. Um, there's not really any proposed changes. It's been previously approved for volatile manufacturing and cannabis distribution to other businesses. Uh, we also have a time extension for the, condition, the previously approved conditional use permit for cannabis production. Um, this project was approved just over four years ago. There were building permits obtained and issued in 2019. However, those building permits expired in 2020. So there are now new building permits underway, but they have not been issued yet. So therefore, staff is also adding a time extension to the conditional use permit, previously approved conditional use permit for cannabis production in order to continue that previously approved uh, use and get it started. Here's a floor plan of the site. 
this shows um, the new in the middle there, basically um, in the unshaded area is the delivery, main delivery only dispensary area. And the rest of it is the previously approved cannabis production, manufacturing, and uh, some distribution area there. Now, delivery only dispensaries, when a commission level review is required, um, it's required within, when it's within 600 feet of any park, childcare center, in home childcare, youth oriented facility, church or faith congregation, substance abuse cinema, center or cinema, also within 600 feet of tobacco retailer that has 15,000 square feet or less of gross floor area and within 300 feet of a residential zone. A delivery only dispensary is prohibited when it's within 600 feet of a K-12 school. This site is within 600 feet of two small church or faith congregations to the south in commercial industrial buildings. It is also within 300 feet of the RMX zone with the mobile home park. Um, it's just over 600 feet from a K-12 school, but it is over 600 feet away on Franklin Boulevard. Um, cannabis production, the previously approved cannabis production for manufacturing and distribution, that only requires planning and design commission review when it's within 600 feet of a neighborhood park or community park. Um, and prohibit it within 600 feet of a school. This cannabis production was previously approved by the zoning administrator because it's not uh, close to a park or close within 600 feet of a school. Public notification um, this, for the code requirements. This uh, project site was posted for hearing. The notice was mailed to all owners and occupants within a 500 foot radius. It was mailed to all registered community groups. And these mailings of public hearing were sent on July 15, 2022. In addition to the code requirements, we did initial noticing. We did um, early notice in March, 2022 to all these groups. And staff received one letter, basically email, uh, expressing concern about property maintenance and security. Um, staff now, the staff analysis is that this project has been reviewed and conditioned by the police and fire department. Business operations permit from the Office of Cannabis Management provides additional operating conditions. The police department will review a final security plan as part of the business operating permit process with the Office of Cannabis Management and a security system will be installed prior to commencing operations. Staff recommends approval based upon the findings of fact and conditions of approval within the draft the draft uh, conditions. This, um, this project replaces a vacant building with an employment and tax revenue generating use. The faith congregations are small or sufficient distance away and the cannabis site will not be visible to these patrons. And the conditions of the project ensure a safe and productive operation the property and will not be a nuisance to the neighboring community. And that concludes my presentation on this project. 
Um, I'm available to answer any questions, and I believe the applicant, Christopher Cox, is also available for any questions you may have. Thank you, Robert, um, for the presentation. Um, we can go ahead and move into commissioner questions. I have Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Uh, um, hold on, turn this down a little bit. Um, I do have a question for staff. The, the staff report says that um, the applicant is proposing to lease a portion of the building to a core uh, participant uh, to either you, uh, Robert, or the, the uh, applicant. Is the core participant, is he a graduate of the uh, core program or is he, he or she in the uh, process of going through the core program? Um, I don't know specifics. The Office of Candidate Management um, told me there was a person that uh, was a core member who they were proposing to lease to. It, uh, the applicant is online. Can, can you answer that question, please? Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to clarify that um, I'm not uh, renting to a social equity applicant. We actually have partnered with a social equity applicant and have already received our annual license from the state and have a BOP into the city. Uh, the person that we have partnered with did complete the social equity program through CORE and uh, is what I believe it's tier two or type two. Um, her name is uh, Jamisha Johnson, and um, yeah, so. Okay, well, that information would have been uh, well received if that was if that made the uh, staff report. It, it's as I worded: the applicant of the CUP is proposing to lease a portion of the building to a cannabis uh, opportunity reinvestment and equity core program participant. Being that you just cleared that up in stating you've actually partnered with, is a whole different. Uh, yeah, if I could, if you don't mind giving me a couple of minutes to just explain a little bit further, I appreciate Robert's uh, presentation here, but it, it just focuses on the land use and and uh, does not address at all what's actually been going on the ground there. So, uh, if I may be so bold, uh, my name's Chris Cox, and um, my partner Dan Dutra and I uh, have leased the entire facility from. Uh, uh, Jahanshir Javanafard. Uh, Javanafard purchased the property last year through um, a bank auction after the property went into foreclosure. The previous applicant who pulled the CUP and got a state license and also pulled two building permits and completed 70% of the building improvements then went bankrupt in 2020 and it went back to the bank. My landlord bought it last year and we signed a uh, two leases, one for each side, and we've set up two different companies there. So CDP Fabricators is on the north side, 6925 Luther Drive. We submitted a minor modification to upgrade the CUP to a type seven volatile manufacturing uh, um, approval last year. And uh, coincidentally, um, the city never told us anything about the CUP expiring this year through that process. So we didn't, we were not even informed until Robert told us in what, April or May of this year. 
And uh, at the same time, you know, we immediately commenced with all sorts of efforts to get this thing off the ground. And at this point, like I mentioned, we've already have an approved uh, state license for distribution and approved state license for micro business on the 6945 side with Jamisa Johnson. And we also uh, have a pending type seven manufacturing license just got through our engineering uh, um, certification on July 11th. So uh, this has been moving really fast and we've already spent over a million dollars on this place. We've already got all of our security cameras in as of last month. Uh, all the burglar alarm system is set up and um, we have continued the, the construction that we can do without a building permit until we get it. Uh, I have been through three rounds of comments with the building department and uh, we are supposed to get our next um, a response from them by August 8th. And I'm hoping that that is our final approval. There was only five comments on our last list. Um, we've had a lot of delays, just no, no fault of our own, but even the water purveyor, finding and, and procuring the water purveyor in this, in this area for our building took three months because it was used to be Fruit Ridge Water Company. And then that was sold to somebody else. And it was just a, a real rigmarole to try and find who exactly was supposed to even provide us water. And the fire department wanted that information in order to get our fire sprinklers approved. So it's just been a lot of work on this building, but we're almost to the finish line. And uh, I'm hoping that this CUP uh, gets approved. Um, we're hoping to be operational by August, September. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that uh, information. Clears up a whole lot, and uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate your answers, and that actually answers uh, my next question. So, thank you, thank you, Chair. Thank you. I have uh, Commissioner Young. Thank you, Chris, for for that presentation. That actually answered a lot of my questions as well. Uh, and just as a point of clarification. Um, you, you are the applicant uh, for the initial entitlement that was for manufacturing and distribution, right? No. Okay, so you're not the, the, the holder. Of, well, the owner of that building is, but you will be operating? So the, the uh, current owner bought it as a bank foreclosure? Correct. So the CUP kind of just came with the property. We knew it was there. That's partly why we even leased the building, to be honest. It was partially complete and had a CUP. Who wouldn't pick that up? You know, we're looking for a good place. So um, yeah, so the, the original uh, folks that pulled the CUP back in 2018, we have nothing to do with them. They were a different entity altogether. But, but your intention is to use all of that facility, right, for manufacturing distribution? Uh, yes, yes, exactly. So we have uh, we have 6,100 square feet on, on the 6925 side. It's the north side of the building. Uh, Robert, would you mind pulling up uh, the floor plan again, if you don't mind? Yeah, there we go. So uh, you can see that most of the facility is actually the 6925 side on the north side. Uh, it includes those two extraction booths we just uh, we've installed in there and we're waiting for building approval and it goes all the way down the backside to the rear loading area. And then 6945, which is the micro business, includes uh, just the the south side lobby reception 
and a few of those rooms right there with the roll-up door. So it's a combined delivery service distribution and has a manufactured packaging and infusion component. Got it. Thank you. And all of this will be completed and, and you'll be operational by, by the fall. It is, yeah, is, I'm, I'm hoping that we can be operational by September. I mean, we're, you know, every month that goes by, we're bleeding money. So we're trying to go as fast as possible. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your uh, questions, Commissioner. I am not seeing any other questions from commissioners. Um, so we will go ahead and move into the public comment period. Uh, Madam Clerk, uh, do we have any e-comments or public comments on this item? Any received after 5 p.m.? Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised on this item. Thank okay. you. And seeing uh, no, do I have a... I'm sorry. Chair, can yeah. I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Yeah. It looks like sure. one hand just got raised from a Galaxy A13 5G. I'm going to give you the ability to speak right now. Can you hear me? Anyway, my question is, is, is this applicant running off of his, the old, um, the old application for, um, that was initially with the building and he's trying to piggyback on top of it and because they became thing or did he, re he made a new, totally new application versus he's trying to piggyback piggyback on the old application that was done for um, growth or whatever. So that was my question about that. So I don't know because I don't know because I understand with the city that if you don't, you have a uh, CP, CUP and you do it and you don't sing it or whatever you're grandfathered in, but if you don't do it, it expires and then you have to start a new application. So anyway, that's my question. So if maybe they could answer that, please. Thank you for your comments. Um, thank you for your question. Do we have any speakers on this? Any other speakers on this item? We do not chair. Thank you. I'm sorry, just one second. Um, I want to keep 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 in line with the, the agenda. Um, okay, so note we'll go ahead and close the public comment period for this item. Um, and then we will move into uh, commissioner comments or motions. But before that, of course, uh, we had a question from the public um, that we would like to get explained. So uh, Chris, I'll go ahead and let you make the comment now. Sure. Yep. Okay, so uh, in Sacramento, there are actually several permits and licenses that we need to get to operate. The CUP is the land use component, and that is not uh, tied to a particular applicant, but rather the property. And uh, it is one of the things that is um, a proposed update, if you will, in this in this uh, application here. Um, I, I honestly have a, a little, I feel that it is not really that appropriate, to be honest, because I read the, the, uh, the city's code and it says that the CUP should expire after a certain period of time if no building permit has been pulled and substantial work has been done. But that's actually not the case. The, the building was 70% completed by 2020 and to the point where the building department had now considers it to be an existing cannabis facility and our building permit is considered a remodel. 
So uh, that's how far it went. However, to answer the question there, we had to go back and apply for new business operations permits from the city of Sacramento, as well as all of our state cannabis licenses, as those cannot be transferred. And and I thank you for the comments, Chris. And 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 I just to to clarify what we have on the staff report um, is we have a new application and please staff um, interject um, at at any time. But we have a, an application for a new CUP for a delivery only, and then we have a modification to the existing CUP. Yeah, thank you for that. Okay. Yes. Robert. Yes, there's the new CUP is for the delivery only dispensary. The existing CUP that you're modifying is the it's the cannabis production CUP that was previously approved about four years ago. It is a little vague because he did start with the building permit, got it issued, and it expired. And now there's a new building permit, but staff has added the time extension just to make sure we clean up this uh, issue and clarify it. So thank you for that, Robert. Um, Thank you both Chris and Robert for the clarification. Um, so we are now at uh, commissioner uh, comments or motions. I am seeing vice chair Hernandez. Thank you, I'll move staff recommendation. Okay, I have a motion. I have uh, commissioner Koval. I will second it. Okay, I have a motion in a second. Commissioners, please unmute your mics. We'll go to a vote. Commissioner Boyd. Aye. Commissioner Chase. Aye. Commissioner Coville. Aye. Commissioner Pluckyville. Aye. Commissioner Wallace. Aye. Commissioner Wong Connolly. Aye. Commissioner Yee. Aye. Commissioner Young. Aye. Vice Chair Hernandez. Aye. Chair Macias Reed. Aye. Motion passes. Okay, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we are moving on to public hearing item number five, 1436 Auburn Boulevard Delivery and Distribution CUPs P22 005. Commissioners, do I have any uh, disclosures or recusals on this item? I am seeing none. We'll move it over to staff for the presentation. Hi, um, once again, Robert Williams. Um, this is P22005 at 1436 Auburn Boulevard. Um, I'm going to go over the, the project location um, surrounding zoning and land uses, the project description, standard of review, community outreach and public notification, and staff recommendation for this site. Um, this site is on Auburn Boulevard, um, next, right near El Camino Avenue, um, just north of El Camino Avenue. Um, you can see El Camino Avenue there right below it. Arden Way is further south. There's the rail light rail tracks right near Auburn Boulevard and to the uh, far east is um, Business 80. Um, here is the project location with surrounding zoning. 
um, showing the residential zone that's within 300 feet right across the NS street from it. And most of the area is um, our M1 and some C2 down below. And there's a couple of storefront dispensaries nearby. Here is the entrance from Auburn Boulevard showing the two-story building. Uh, I believe it was a 9,000 building size. 9,480 square foot building, two-story building. Um, so about half that on each floor. Uh, the Auburn Boulevard entrance is not the main entrance to the site though. That is on the Van Ness uh, Avenue side where they have a gate that's 20 feet back to provide access. Uh, the applicant is requesting a conditional use permit for a delivery only dispensary. Um, that's a brand new conditional use permit here. And they also are requesting a conditional use permit for cannabis production uh, consisting only of cannabis distribution. They are also requesting site plan and design review for minor exterior work, building and site work, um, which includes roll-up door and fence uh, delivery bays. Uh, here is the ground floor plans showing the, um, the delivery bays. And there's a new roll-up door up here on the north side of it. There's a couple of fence delivery areas that are being constructed. And then the second floor is mostly offices and distribution. Um, we've gone over this before. This uh, planning and design commission reviews required within 600 feet of a park child care center a youth-oriented facility, um, Pace Congregation Substance Abuse Center, Cinema, within a 600 feet of a tobacco retailer, um, within 300 feet of residential zone, and prohibited within 600 feet of a K through 12 school. This site requires Planning and Design Commission review for the delivery-only dispensary, only because it was within 300 feet of residential zone, the R2A zone that uh, consists of duplexes across the street from Van Ness Avenue. Um, there's no um, PDC review required if this wasn't going together with the dispensary um, because it's not within 600 feet of a neighborhood park or community park. Public notification, this project site was posted for hearing. The notices were mailed to all owners and occupants within a 500 foot radius and all registered community groups. And this mailing of public hearing was sent on July 15, 2022. Additionally, this project was early noticed in March, 2022 to all the groups and staff has not received any comments from anybody uh, nearby related to this site. Um, this um, staff analysis, this project was reviewed and conditioned by the police and fire department. The business operations permit from the Office of Cannabis Management provides additional operating conditions. The police department will review a final security plan as part of the BOP process with the Office of Cannabis Management and a security system will be installed prior to commencing operations. Staff recommends approval of this project based upon findings of fact and conditions of approval with the draft resolution. Um, this building is currently vacant. It replaces a vacant building with employment and tax revenue generating, generating use. 
Uh, the conditions ensure a safe and productive operation of the property that will not be a nuisance to the neighboring community. And that concludes my presentation. I can answer any questions you have. The applicant is Alan Fong and he's here and I believe we might have a consultant named Courtney Lang who can also answer questions. Okay, thank you, Robert. Um, if the applicant doesn't have their own presentation, is that correct, Robert? I don't think they have a presentation, no. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for being here. We will um, move into commissioner questions. I am not seeing commissioner questions. We'll move in to the public comment period. Um, did we, let me just check to see if we received any e-comments after five. Uh, I am I am seeing none online, um, so we can move into the public comment period. Madam Clerk, do we have any speakers on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no one with their hand raised on this item. Thank you. All right, thank you. We will close the public comment period. Um, we will move into commissioner comments and or motions. Not Commissioner Kogel. I'll move staff recommendation. Okay, we have a um, Commissioner Kogel. I have a motion um, and Vice Chair Hernandez. I'll second the motion. I have a motion and a second. Uh, Commissioner Chase, do you have a comment? No, uh, Vice Chair Bibi to it. So. All right, sounds good. Uh, commissioners, please unmute your mics. We will go to a vote. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Pleckebaum? Aye. Commissioner Wallace? Aye. Commissioner Wong Connolly? Aye. Commissioner Yi? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Hernandez? Aye. And Chair Macias Reed? Aye. Motion passes. All right, thank you. All thank right. You. Yep. Thank you. Congratulations. All right, everyone. Well, um, so I was just advised that um, due to the uh, minor technical difficulties, difficulties we were having earlier, um, we'll need to go back and uh, vote on the consent calendar. So before we move on to the next um, um, public hearing item, we will go back um, to the consent calendar and uh, we will need um, a motion on this item, Vice Chair Hernandez. I will again make a motion to approve consent calendar. Okay, we have a motion. You have a second. Uh, Commissioner Wallace. I will second. Got a motion and a second. Uh, let's go to a vote. Thank you. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Plakibon? Aye. Commissioner Wallace? Aye. Commissioner Wong Connolly? Aye. Commissioner Yi? Aye. Commissioner Young? Abstain. Vice Chair Hernandez? 
Aye. And Chair Macias Reed. Aye. Motion passes. Alrighty, thanks everyone for that. Um, now we will move into public hearing item number six, El Camino Auto Sales, P21-046. Do I have any commissioner disclosures or recusals on this item? All right, you guys are making this too easy for me. I'm not seeing any. Um, we will move it along to the staff presentation. All right, good evening to the chair and fellow commissioners. Uh, my name is Zach Dalla, an associate planner with the Community Development Department. The item before you is the El Camino Auto Sales Project, P21-046, located at 1941 El Camino Avenue. Uh, the application is for a conditional use permit to allow for auto sales on an approximately 0.8 acre parcel in the general commercial zone and site plan and design review for site improvements to accommodate the proposed auto sales business with a deviation to reduce the required planner width by half a foot in order to maintain adequate on-site maneuverability for the vehicles. The existing building will be utilized for office purposes, while the service parking lot will be restriped to accommodate the display and storage of vehicles and employee slash customer parking. Other minor site modifications are proposed to enhance and improve the visual aesthetic and functionality of the site. However, no major modifications are proposed to the existing building footprint or exterior. Staff has mailed public hearing notices to all property owners, residents, and neighborhood associations with 500 feet of the project site, as well as posted a hearing notice at the project site. To date, staff has not received any public comments on the project and there is no known opposition. Staff is recommending <clears throat> that the Planning and Design Commission approve the project because it is consistent with the suburban center general plan designation and the general commercial zone. It is compatible with the surrounding uses on the El Camino commercial corridor and has been conditioned to ensure harmonious operation with the adjacent uses. And lastly, it will help revitalize an underutilized site by installing new streetscape landscaping and other enhancements. And with that, that concludes my presentation. Um, I'm available to answer any questions that you may have. And additionally, the applicant should be um, in attendance tonight and available to answer any other questions, um, but he will not be making a presentation. Thank you, Zach, and welcome to the team. <laughs> um, we will go ahead and move on to commissioner questions. I have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, Zach, yeah, again, welcome. Um, you mentioned, did I hear that there's a, uh, I guess a request for a deviation of a slight amount of square footage in the what, parking and drive aisle or something? Or? Correct. Um, so to maintain that 24 foot drive aisle, they had to reduce the required six foot planner by a half a foot to be five foot. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, Commissioner, questions? I'm not seeing any other hands. No public comments, or excuse me, no e-comments on this item. Madam Clerk, do we have any speakers on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Okay, thank you. We will close the public comment period. Um, move into Commissioner comments and or motions. Uh, Commissioner Chase. Um, I move uh, approval on this item uh, per staff report. Alrighty, thank you. We have a motion on the table of Vice Chair Hernandez. Thank you. Just want to uh, congratulate Zach on his first presentation as well and uh, provide the second to the motion. All right, I have a motion and a second. Commissioners, please unmute your mics. We'll go to a vote. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. 
Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Plakabong? Aye. Commissioner Wallace? Aye. Commissioner Wong Connolly? Aye. Commissioner Yi? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Hernandez? Aye. Chair Macias Reed? Aye. Motion passes. Okay, thank you. Congratulations. Um, we will move on to the discussion calendar this evening. We only have one item left. Um, we've got the nomination and appointment of the chair and vice chair of the Planning and Design Commission. I can't believe it's already been a year. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I will, um, I don't think we have a staff presentation for this, Stacia. We're just- No, we don't. We would be okay. looking for an, a nomination and a second. All righty. Um, I will, I will, before we do that, let's move into um, any public comments uh, on this item, Madam Clerk. Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. All right, thank you. We'll go ahead and close the public comment period. Um, it is uh, commissioner, um, you know, commissioner comments, recommendations, but but if you don't mind, uh, team, I would love to go first um, and just say uh, what an experience to chair a commission uh, during COVID. Uh, wish we could have all been at the dais during that experience, but it's been another tool in the toolbox for me and I've appreciated it and appreciated all the support from all of you. Um, so thank you for that. Um, but I would love uh, to nominate um, our vice chair, uh, Vice Chair Hernandez, um, she has been a phenomenal and a great backup and support role um, to to take on our new chair position. Um, and also, uh, you know, would love to nominate uh, Commissioner Wallace uh, as vice chair. Um, so I'll leave it there and move on to Commissioner Koval. Okay, I have a motion on the table. Um, and Commissioner Chase. Yeah, I will get some feedback. Second, second the motion uh, on both uh, nominations. All right, wonderful. I have a motion and a second. So that is uh, for uh, Commissioner Hernandez uh, to be our new chair and for Commissioner Wallace to be vice chair. I have Commissioner or Vice Chair Hernandez. Thank you, um, Madam Chair. I uh, appreciate the the nomination and just wanted to make a comment about um, your leadership on, on the commission and bringing your expertise and your views and all your questions and just fantastic job uh, leading uh, at the helm through again as you mentioned this um, this particular year in COVID um, you've been a wonderful um, uh, contributor and just really appreciate you and have a great example um, and there'll be big shoes to fill but thank you again for taking on that role. Thank you. All right, everyone, um, it looks like we have uh, a motion and a second. So commissioners, please unmute your mics and we'll go to a vote. Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Boyd. Sorry, I'm getting a whole lot of static. Aye. Commissioner Chase. Aye. Commissioner Coville. Commissioner Coville? Aye. 
Commissioner Plugivon? Aye. Commissioner Wallace? Aye. Commissioner Ron Connolly? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Hernandez? Thank you, everybody. Aye. Chair Macizri? Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations. All right. I no longer have those duties anymore. <laughs> no more screaming kids behind the door. Um, <laughs> all right, so we will go ahead and move on to member comments, ideas, questions, or comments. I have Commissioner Boyd. Thank you. Do I say former chair or chair for three more <laughs> minutes? <laughs> but uh, I, either works uh, for me. <laughs> no problem, Chair. Uh, I, I do have a question to ask um, to um, Greg. Uh, when will the parking um, ad hoc committee meet? Good evening, uh, members of the commission, Chair Boyd, uh, Commissioner Boyd. Um, I just spoke with Matt Hurdle um, this morning. We are postponing the release of the RFP until Matt can get through the August 16th workshop on climate. Um, being down a senior planner, we have uh, limitations on management resources. So um, after that workshop is wrapped up, um, we will finalize the RFP and get that out. Um, and um, also, we probably will need direction from our new chair on um, the additional or the replacement for Commissioner Ogilvy, right. um, as well as um, members to be on the selection committee. So yeah, and there's an update. Uh, I asked Ryan for an update um, a couple of days ago to, uh, again, replace uh, Commissioner Ogilvy. So we will be uh, doing that. And I know that uh, Commissioner Koval had previously also um, asked to be a part of that ad hoc committee and we had a limit of six. So it only made sense to uh, include him in that sixth position. Um, and then, so I did notify Ryan of that and it looks like uh, we had some interest in once the RFQ process moves forward, um, someone serving there. So someone will be reaching out shortly. Greg, uh, can I ask, as you said, once the workshop is concluded and then the RFP will go out, uh, could you get, uh, if you can put a finer point on um, that window of time? Well, um, I think the RFP process, we would give um, folks about a month um, to put out the proposal, um, develop the proposal. We would then um, take those proposals, give us the selection committee time to review the consultant proposals, so probably a couple of weeks. So, um, I could see just roughly a selection of a consultant to work on this um, initiative, probably October. Um, and so I would say another ad hoc committee meeting would be happening in the fall. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Director. Okay, thank you. Um, do I see any other hands up? I do not. Uh, we will go ahead and move into public comments. Matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, do we have any speakers on this item? 
Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised for this item. All right. Thank you, everyone. It looks like we have come to the end again. Thank you, everyone, uh, for allowing me to chair you. Um, and it was a pleasure. Everyone have a great night, and our meeting is adjourned. Good job, Kendra. Good job, Thank everyone. Thanks, Kendra. Well Bye. done. Well done.